coming up this week off screen Jennifer Lawrence is a red sparrow Jason Bateman invites us to game night we meet the monster family there's an incident at the Nile Hilton and Daniela Vega is a fantastic woman all those to come and more off screen this is this is off screen off screen Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Ooh, welcome off-screen, I'm Van Connor. I am Case Allen. Happy Snow Day. Yeah, happy Snow Day to you too, because we're recording this a day later than usual this week. This is, what, Thursday the 1st of March, is it today? It is. And, uh, yeah, it is. It is an ice block outside. It yeah. is like Hoth out there. It, it is, is like the opening of The Thing. It is, indeed. Yeah, Actually, and I other like, snow-related films as well. I feel like it's more like the end of The Thing, when you're kind of just sat there waiting to die in the cold. It is, yeah, <laughs> and it's just white everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. I've, I've been stranded for like two days. It's been really nice. Oh. You came... You came to me today. With, uh, I did, I did, yeah. Yeah, a car and supplies and stuff. I did, it was great. And we, we did the shopping runs, that was fun. Um, so, See, we're friends. See, we do friendly work yeah. proximity associate things. <laughs> um, so, uh, before we get to the news and reviews, um, we got some great reviews this week. Um, box office top five, all the usual fun and cinematic refinement. Uh, we need a piece of film news to kick us off. So, Mr. Allen, take okay. it away, sir. Uh, let's talk about a big story from last week mm-hmm. that took a lot of people by surprise, and then everyone thought that it was going to be really the terrible news, and then it looks like it's okay. Uh, is it that they still plan to make a Luther movie? Is that it? Are they still planning to make a Luther movie? Well, apparently. That's, that's apparently a thing, yeah. I'm in for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally yeah. in. I, I need to see that jacket one more time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, um, uh, Kevin Smith uh, had a massive heart attack. He did, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know the, and thing, the entire internet, like, imploded. It for, did. For, for a day. It, well, it imploded being concerned for him, then it imploded because they wanted to hate Chris Pratt. Uh, for, for which <laughs> yes, we'll talk about that as well. But uh, but the weird thing was, I because I, I, you know, Kevin Smith has been such a part of my pop culture life for so long now. Mm, same. That when he had his heart attack, it was revealed in all the news coverage that he was 47 years old. My first thought was, there's no way, because it feels like yesterday he was 37, because 37 is a special 37. number. Yeah, in, yeah. in clerk's terms. But in a row? Was, was that? That was 10 years was ago. 10. Wow. <laughs> 10 years, man. 10, ten years, years, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that's mad. I think he, um, yeah, he was in his uh, early to mid-twenties when he made Clerks, clerks when he, when he, I think when he, he got all the credit cards out to, <laughs> to finance Clerks. Very true. I love that whenever anyone was asked to about, like, doing that for starting to doing their first film, it's like, don't do it. Just, yeah. just don't, don't do it. It is dangerous. <laughs> he, so, he was so lucky. <laughs> yeah, you don't know if it's going to pay off. But, um, yeah, he had uh, loads of uh, support, loads of well-wishers. and uh, I mean, if anything good has kind of come from it, it kind of shows like how many people still care about Kevin Smith, which is nice, actually. Yeah, because obviously Mm. he's he's kind of changed his career trajectory. Significantly. I I don't even see him as being a director anymore. Like, he's got... I don't. No, like, they've been prepping to do... James Silent Bob reboot um, that started in the summer. I don't know whether this affects those plans. Well, in in his in some of his communications, because obviously since he was hospitalised, the reason reason we all know about it actually is because mm. he he put a post on social network yeah. from he's, his hospital. He's bed. very he's very vocal. Um, he is. He's, yeah, he's got um, a good like. But he did say as part him. of it because he was talking about how actually when you when you know when he thought he might die there and then actually he was kind of okay with it because his life rocked. Mm. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, really. It's kind of great. Yeah, he has a great life. He's had a really great life. If I got to if I got to literally do whatever. 
whatever I want, wear hockey jerseys and smoke pot all day. I mean, sign great, me up. Yeah. That's a great life. Like podcasting is his, I think maybe his main source of income. Like he, mm. he directs. We produces a lot, which he, is kind of a no-show producer as well. Like comic book men. Yeah. I think comic, that brings in quite a lot. I don't yeah. know, because he's actually on comic book men as a show, isn't he? He actually has to, that's part of his week. Yeah, but he's not, he's not always in it. No, 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 he's yeah. not. But when they actually do the, the book ending bit sort of thing. Yeah, but you've got to imagine yeah. that they kind of shoot that. Of like one or two days, it's not like yeah possible. Yeah. Um, so so um, the, uh, uh, the Chris Pratt thing, we, yeah. we should talk about. Oh god, yes, yes. So yeah, um, amongst people like sending like like uh, you know, messages, best wishes, yeah, yeah well wishes stuff. Uh, Chris Pratt put something on Twitter to be effective. Uh, we don't really know each other that well, um, but I've been a massive fan since Clerks came mm. out, and um, I believe in the power of prayer. Uh, I've always said something like my my thoughts and prayers are with you or something. Well, like that's that, what he said yeah. after he said uh, my thoughts and prayers are with you, and that has become a bit of a catalyst. That just that line, yeah, thoughts like and prayers. why? It's because obviously a lot of just politicians will say that they'll say sending thoughts and prayers every time there's a mass shooting or some kind of big big event that's happened, and he just <laughs> he just seems like an empty gesture, which yeah. I don't think this was. Kevin Smith no. said he didn't take it as an empty gesture. It's just... I read the tweet. I read oh, the sorry, original tweet before all the controversy, and I was like, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, cool. I just think there's, nice been, there's been a massive backlash against him for the last year, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think people have just got to that stage, Kevin Smith down, kick him. Um, I think it's just that. Um, to be fair, based on his last few films, yeah, kick him. But uh, kick him for those. Don't kick him for having what, a heart attack. What, what are you talking about, kick, kick Kevin Smith? <laughs> Kicking for Tosk and Red State. Yeah, well, Don't uh, kick him for having a heart attack. Who's been kicking him for having a heart attack? <laughs> no, while having a heart attack, sorry. This um, got very misconstrued. <laughs> this is really did. This really just went right off the rails. So uh, we need to review. Anyway, we need to yeah. get back on topic somehow. Uh, so we need to talk about uh, Red Sparrow. Yeah. Which, uh, Black Widow. The film. Black Widow, Red Sparrow. Yeah, that's that's a weird one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, maybe just call it something else. Yeah. Okay, so basically the, the general crux of this is, do you remember that uh, Rebecca Ferguson, like little low-level Rebecca Ferguson vehicle we had last year, the year before? The sort of Cold War era spy one. I forget. Yeah, vaguely. Something like Snow in November or something like that. Um, this is kind of, kind of weirdly reminds me of that. This is Jennifer Lawrence as a contemporary, as in modern day girl who, um, gets involved in a murder and he's, and then either faces prison or has to become a spy. So you've got a bit of Nikita in there. This is all set in Russia. She plays a Russian ballet dancer and, uh, I feel like I said belly dancer, but ballet dancer. Um, it's, um, it's like a, I say, like a Nikita like program that sort of breaks her down teaches her to become a lethal machine and cold emotionless object and you know they're, they're going to send her out into the world to catch a mole for them uh, we have a clip of uh, Charlotte Rampling as the the I want to say Black Widow instructor <laughs> but you kind know of, kind of is yeah the yeah. Sparrow the Sparrow instructor here's a clip from this day forward you will become sparrows weapons in a global struggle for power Every human being is a puzzle of need. You must learn to intuit what is missing, become the missing piece, and they will give you anything. Take off your clothes. Your body belongs to the state. Since your birth, the state nourished it. Now the state asks something in return. You must learn to sacrifice for a higher purpose. To push yourself beyond all limitation. And forget the sentimental morality with which you were raised. Do you spot a very, 
very obvious subtext to any of that, by any chance. Uh, no. The, it's the, far too uh, subtle. Okay, well, yeah, exactly. Um, you could genuinely retitle this movie, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's Instagram, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's iCloud account, the movie. Yeah. And because there's a lot of what feels like reactionary, uh, reactionary response going on. There's a, a lot of, because Jennifer Lawrence was so front and center in that scandal, you know, probably about 18, when, when 18 she, months she was ago. tax. And, yeah. yeah. And obviously her, her private information and photos were, you know, revealed to the world. And you know, that vulnerability has brought back this movie in which she basically answers that back and takes complete ownership of herself. What you have is a movie about a young woman who is asked to give over any sense of agency, to live in complete servitude, both psychological and physical, to actually her body is an instrument of the state, as we're told in that clip. And this is something that is to be used largely at the at the, at the, uh, the expense of men. This is, you know, it's there for men to take advantage of. It is the, the overriding premise of the movie. And, she plays it really well. The problem is, she's playing it well. The character isn't there, though. Because once the character becomes that instrument and that psychological... And obviously, that for the purposes of narrative, there has to be some pushback. You know, that has to be the storyline. But other than that, there isn't much to the sort of psychological heft behind the character. There's nothing really there. There's no substance or worth to it. And that's not helped by a script that can't quite pick a, a tone to lean into. And... It thinks it's playing it straight, but what it's actually doing is walking a fine line between going into excessive, think alias territory, alias or J.J. Abrams' Mission Impossible kind mm. of territory, or that wants to be really highbrow and go for something like, I don't know, salt, for example. That it's all so, so highbrow? <laughs> for what it is. I mean, it's it's not Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane any film with Chewtology for is more highbrow than this. <laughs> Chewie shows up, makes everything more highbrow. That's why, uh, yeah. that's why Kinky Boots was an Oscar nominee. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm not I was like, I don't think it is, but I wish that it was. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we yeah. lived in that world? Anyway, um, <laughs> red. Anyway, so what you've got as a film, as I say, that doesn't want to, uh, doesn't want to lean into the ex- exploitative side. It doesn't want to lean into the overly intelligent side. And it feels like it's doing everything with one hand tied behind its back as a result. You wish it was either dumber or smarter. Mm. And that's the problem. It it treads too fine a line between the two. And if you wouldn't like that in a person if you met them. So the idea that you'll sit yeah, I don't like most people. <laughs> but the idea that you'll sit through what is actually an overly long film at two hours and I think 19 minutes as well is, and you do feel it. Uh, there's not an awful lot of character for really anyone involved. I mean, uh, Matty Shoes does show up and he does, you know, own the place. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Zion is in it. Jeremy Zion is it. He's having it up. Matty Shoes is going for I am the sexy Putin. And is that what we're calling him now? Sexy Putin. Sex totally. Putin. Like that's a biopic. You know, in like 15, 20 years. Mm. We need it's, to, it's the new like young Pope, isn't it? It is. But yeah. we need a biopic in which Will Smith plays Obama and Matty Shoes plays Putin. Mm. We absolutely need that movie. And <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so Francis Lawrence directs it pretty well. It's very slick. It's very cool. But the problem is the substance really isn't there. And that substance isn't helped by being positioned <laughs> squarely in the middle of two very distinct and very opposing tones that don't quite work. And it won't decide between. Mm. Um, other than that, I mean, it's it's just not that entertaining, to be honest, as a result. And I, I can't in good conscience recommend it. It's it's fine, I guess. Go see Black Panther again. Yeah, just if, see, if, if you've yeah. got to see one film this week where it's a colour and an animal, 
go see Black Panther. <laughs> that is very, very true, isn't it? Also, I'm sorry, but Red Sparrow, given the colour scheme of the title, that should have been uh, Jeremy Solnier's next title. That really should have been, yeah. Should have been. been Blue should've Ruin. Should have been the third of a Georgia. Yeah, Blue Ruin, Green Room. Uh, Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow, that would have been terrific, and wouldn't it? Would have been much, much better. Indeed. So, uh, before we go, let's plug the podcast real quick. Uh, extended podcast edition. You're going to love our moment of cage this week because I went all the way back. I ain't got the capacity to love. I went all the way back to 2007 for our moment of cage this week. So, you know what a vintage Ele- cage is. 11 years. That's a vintage what? cage year. Can I, I'm going to try to guess what it is. 2007. You're never going to guess it because it... I'd forgotten it existed. Knowing? It's not knowing. Knowing's 2008. Oh, I was, oh, I was close. I was close. <laughs> was fine, one year out. <laughs> Actually, not went out in two thousand seven of his next. I, I, that was going to be my. That was going to be my next answer. Okay, fair enough. I need to watch that again. It sucked, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, podcast edition. Uh, there's more stuff after the end credits. Outside the radio edit, uh, more reviews that we can't fit into the show. Not this week, but some weeks. Uh, we always put film news in, though, and uh, of course, we will sign it off every week with the moment of cage, a little treat for our uh, podcast loyalists, as it were. <laughs> I feel like we start some sort of fundamentalist cult there. Loyalists. You are. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm no part of No, this. you're no part of it. It's the independent no. movement of Van. Uh, so, yeah, Acast, <laughs> iTunes, Deezer, pick your podcast platform preference, and guess what? We're on there. With the latest film news and reviews. I this is Offscreen. <laughs> the on-screen radio show. A bunch of I love that ident. I really do. Yeah. It's just nice to be reminded of Peter Serafinovich every week. <laughs> if he could be in more films, playing his John Wick character. Yes, absolutely. I hope he's in John uh, Wick. Is it uh, the, the sommelier? Sommelier, it? yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically arms dealer, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk. Oh, I, I'm really looking forward to talking about this. The Niall Hilton incident. Ah, I did right. send you the screening link for it, um, but it, it didn't look like anything particularly exciting, so I understand you having not watched I've, it. I've not looked at my emails for a week. It's been a really nice week. It's been good. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Um, so this is, uh, this is set just before the revolution in Cairo. So this is set in, in the Square in Tahir Square in was it about 2011? I want to say uh, January. I think it's January 2011. Uh, and what you've got is effectively a story that takes place outside of those events. This is effectively a hard-boiled corrupt cop detective noir drama taking place nice. against the backdrop of the impending revolution. And in the background, you get sort of the the, the, the murmuring, the the seething rise of the people as as they sort of prepare for for the big revolution. Um, it's like if you made The Shield. Imagine you wanted to make a movie version of The Shield and you wanted to make it for an Egyptian audience. That's what you get. With no Michael Chiklis. With no Michael Chiklis. Then why do it? <laughs> exactly. Um, actually, they do a pretty good job. Um, this is actually a Turkish film, of all things, as well. Um, it comes to us by uh, Tariq Saleh. I say it's a Turkish film. I'm, I've not looked into Tariq Saleh, but I'm going to guess, um, given his name, he actually might be Egyptian, which would make sense, because it does have very much um, uh, an, an imbued systemic love of... Uh, not so much older Egyptians, but certainly of the late nineties kind of Egyptian cinema. For obvious reasons, I've seen my un- my my unfair share of Egyptian cinema. So thanks, Dad. But, <laughs> Cheers for that, pal. Cheers, Dad. Cheers, Dad. Yep. Far, far more Egyptian cinema than I in any way should have actually seen in my lifetime. Um, but yes, yeah, so this actually works as not a parody, but a very loving throwback picture. 
And it's all, uh, it all centers around, uh, Farras Fares as, uh, Noradine Mustafa, who's this sort of Vic Mackey-like detective who's investigating this case. Um, it is genuinely gripping. It never goes too silly with its, its retro stylings. It never goes like, you know, Black Dynamite or anything. It doesn't go into spoofery. <laughs> but it's not selling drugs to the community. <laughs> exactly. But Black Dynamite, I sell drugs to the community. Um, it's, it's, oh, I love that movie. Are we getting yeah. a sequel now, aren't we? We are. Um, but no, I really love the way this is put together. Do you remember that, The Love Witch, a couple of years ago? Yes. How that was. Was that last year, maybe? I feel like it was a, a couple of years ago. Yeah. It probably was actually last year, but I feel like it was a couple of years ago. Um, the way that was a very affectionate homage without descending into parody or spoof or taking its material, anything less than the level of seriousness it required, this is very much in that vein. And I, I was really hooked by it. I did not expect to be at all. And total confession, by the way, because of all the stuff with the weather the last couple of days, I missed the screening for this. But luckily, they mm. obviously provided us with screening, the link, so I yeah. was able to watch it. And even on a small screen, it still had that great, you know, almost grindhousey throwback feel to it. And I really loved it. I really loved it. I really bought the characters. I, I really bought uh, Faris Ferris's performance at the center of it. I thought he was a genuinely compelling figure. It, very much cliched, sort of, you know, slick parting, leather jacket. Jacket, suit and tie kind of a cop as well. Very much in the sort of Vic Mackey mold. I loved it. And uh, no, definitely check this out. I don't know how easy it'll actually be to find. Mm. But uh, I've got it in my emails, apparently. Well, you've got your emails, yeah. So, but it not, is. Not to brag. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. this is definitely, definitely worth seeing. You should absolutely check it out. Over to you then, sir, for uh, something of the newsage variety. The newsage. Uh, comic book films. Let's talk about those. Well, we never They're talk about those. Never, never. So yeah, no. we'll get them. Off. A week goes by. We're looking for news. We want to talk about Black Panther. I'm going to try to mention it in uh, every, every yeah, section yeah. today because <laughs> why not? It's it's pretty good. But uh, you know, DC actually did make a pretty great Wonder Woman film. They, they did. That's the don't one say it. Thing don't, they did. I, I feel like you were going to say something no, no, else. Uh, you know, no. you know exactly what I was going to say. I feel like everyone listening knows what you were going to say and what you currently <laughs> think. <laughs> so let's. Let's just say, on the whole, it was very good. Wonder Woman's very good. Wonder Woman's good. I will say that Wonder Woman's good. I like Wonder Woman. Wonder Are you saying Wonder good. Woman as a character is good? The movie. The movie Wonder Woman is good. I like it. Good. Okay. You so go. you will see number two. Of course I will see number two. That's great. And apparently... You've got two um, eyes and a heart, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not made of stone. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone making the DC films apart from Barry Jenkins. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, apparently we uh, have got a villain for Wonder Woman 2. We've got a villainess, haven't we? Because yeah. it's Cheetah. The, Cheetah. We knew, we knew a couple of weeks ago that the villainess was going to be Cheetah. Which is pretty cool. Which is a great. I've never encountered her in the comics, but I've seen her in like animated movies and things. Yeah, uh, I have uh, played as uh, as her in uh, the Lego uh, DC superhero Did she play game? her character? Yeah, I didn't know. Is, yeah. In the film, <laughs> I think. Yeah. It's pretty. I'm still not entirely sure what her powers are. She's just... Looks like a cat, moves like a cat. I think she just has cat powers. That's just cat, cat, powers. cat abilities. Well, apparently, cats are in. Black oh, Panther. well, Black yeah, yeah, it. cats are doing big business at the moment. But going back to Cheetah, apparently going to be played by Kristen Wiig. Oh my God, that's good. Who is amazing. It's such out-of-the-box casting. Really is, actually, so I feel like that would really work. That might be... That's the, like Keaton as Batman. It is. Yeah. But I think, actually, it might be the most out-of-the-box casting, the most unexpected left-field turn for a superhero villain casting since... I don't use this one lightly. Heath Ledger. Yeah. It has that feel to it. Yeah, it? absolutely. Like, why on earth would you get Kristen Wiig unless she went into an interview room and did something and really special? Because yeah. you know that's what had to happen with Heath Ledger. So obviously, as, no. as characters, Cheetah is nowhere 
No, I mean, she, no. Did not, you really... not, not the same as Joker, obviously, but in terms of Wonder Woman, I feel like she's a pretty big. She's a pretty she? big yeah. Wonder Woman villain. Wonder Woman villains aren't generally sort of known in the mainstream because Wonder Woman isn't terribly known in the mainstream outside of the basic iconography of yeah. the actual character herself. Mm. I mean, most... it's, it's kind of like Iron Man villains, isn't it? Like. Well, that's the thing. Actually, arguably, the, the, the classic Iron Man villains, they've not really properly used yet. Because there's no. uh, the, the, the Spy Master, for instance, they've never used. And the, uh, yeah, the drag. Pe- people argue, oh. Fin Fang Foom. Fin Fang Foom. They've yes. not used it. That would be amazing, who, by who the way. Who also is a playable character in the Marvel Lego game. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, I'm sorry, but they misused my one of my favourite villains, who was Aldrich Killian. In Iron Man three, because I really wanted. I'm the, still, I'm still fine with that whole. I just, I really wanted to see there. that book done as a movie. Do you remember when the last trailer for um, uh, the first Avengers came out? Like, yeah, the, the final four trailer where you see the big Chitari yes, dragon thing. Uh, that's the one. Yeah, when that like ended the trailer, mm. everyone online was like, "It's Fing Fang Foom." Like Fing Fang Foom yeah, was going to be Avengers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. That's yeah. uh, God. We really do clutch at straws. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the case. But yeah, Kristen Wiig, I'm totally on board with. As am I. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, she's never been anything this high profile. Never also, you look at like some of the part. choices she's made in recent years. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at roles in things that you just wouldn't expect. Like, even like The Martian. Even The Martian was not a choice. But she's in Mother for two minutes. Mother as well. Yeah. Um, what was the uh, Welcome to Me? Welcome to Me. Which was a very daring. Um, uh, Skeleton of, Twins. I don't know if you saw oh, that. I loved With that. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Yeah. I love that movie. I love that. How did I know you'd be a fan? <laughs> <laughs> because I know who Stefan is. Because you've got two eyes and a heart, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> You introduced me to Stefan, actually, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, the character in the uh, in the Saturday Night Live. I love yeah. that character. Uh, that that needs to be a movie. New York Sports Club. Oh my god, I, I I'd watch that yeah. as a movie, wouldn't you? Just Bill Hader as that character. I'm, I'm sure that they, they must have done a treatment for it or had a meeting. But like, it just, it just seems obvious. Something like where he gets involved in like a comedic thriller whilst on a night out going around the club scene. Yeah, like I'd he's, the he's, he's finding all the clubs yeah. to do like his weekend correspondent thing on SNL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gets involved in some criminal scheme by yeah, there's like mafia. Like a, and yeah, that. There's, yeah. there's midgets there because he always talks about midgets he on does, SNL. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, that's true. Come on, Lord, <laughs> produce this like, man. Talk, talks about human pinata. He does, yes. Human fire hydrant. Let's let's not let's not delve too deeply into those. No. Ones. <laughs> Just go go onto YouTube. So, can Good I talk work. about something so much less fun? But I I like fun. I like fun yeah. too, but unfortunately, fun, fun is fun. Yeah, unfortunately, I've seen Monster Family. So, uh, like I say, we're recording this on Thursday, the first of March. Right? Hmm. This will nearly said February. I knew, I nearly did. Nearly. Yeah. Um, this actually becomes available to all Sky customers as of Friday the 2nd. Oh. So it's in cinemas, but it's also on Sky Cinema. So I presume that means it's in like five cinemas, and it's on Sky Cinema. And uh, this is one of two films recently, the first one being Birth of the Dragon last week, which was awful. Um, and uh, don't worry, one of the people in that film does get some redemption. Anyway, um, <laughs> they will this week, I promise. Someone from Birth of the Dragon is getting redeemed ever so slightly. Um, but yeah, these are Sky Cinema movies that they're putting into uh, small numbers of cinemas, mm. but then actually putting as that day's premiere nice. on Sky Cinema. Because like the last week, I've had the chance to watch Birth of the Dragon about 26 times. Yeah, do you know what? I, I was looking on Now TV a couple of days ago, I saw it on there. Yeah. I, I didn't watch it. Don't watch it. Whatever <laughs> you do, it's, it. it's awful. It's a Bruce Lee movie that's not about Bruce Lee. Yeah. I'll, uh... About his white mate Steve. You know, that's how these things work. They mistreat just by not calling it White Man Steve. Or White Mate Steve. Exactly. Um, so yeah, this is very much... Do you remember that one a few months ago, Monster Island? Yes. Yeah. Um, 
I think the people who made this might not have known about that coming because there's a lot of uh, shared shared ground here. This is about a uh, a regular suburban family. The mum tries calling a costume store. It's an animated film, by the way, animated movie. Uh, I think it's Spanish or German originally. It's been redubbed into English. It's known as Happy Family internationally. Um, the mum of this suburban family tries calling a costume shop to arrange for some things for their the family Halloween costumes. She accidentally calls Count Dracula. Nice. Who's who's voiced by Jason Isaacs? Hello, Jason Isaacs. And um, oh, she, by the way, is Emily Watson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And uh, she she calls Dracula, and over this over the course of this thirty uh, second phone call, he falls in love with her, hmm. and he decides he has to have her, but um, he can't turn her into a vampire himself because then she'll lose his she'll lose her soul, and so uh, he has to find a way to get Baba Yaga, the local witch to put a curse on her and turn her into a vampire. And the way this backfires is by turning the entire family into the Halloween costume they're wearing. Mm. So if you ever saw that Buffy episode, Halloween, season two, midway through, that, basically, as as a sort of animated family feature film. The dad is Nick Frost, by the way. Oh, so nice. He gets turned into a Frankenstein's monster. Mm. Uh, you've got the daughter who gets turned into a mummy. You've got the son who gets turned into like a wolf boy. The mum gets turned into, uh, you know, vampire ass. And then you've got, you know, uh, Jason Isaacs as, as Dracula. Dad? <gasps> oh, that's dad. What have you done to my family? The Opala actually only wanted to transform you. If everyone is transformed, then everyone must be unhappy. I'm transformed? See for yourself. Oh, Baba Yeager, by the way, is Catherine Tate. Hmm. And she's this little, little witch. Anyway, um, <laughs> this isn't very good. <laughs> it really isn't. Really? No. I, uh, I am shocked and appalled. It's not that it's badly animated. It's actually, it, it's quite high-end in terms of the animation. You actually look at what it is. The, the design and the craft, uh, the craft of the animation hmm. is actually of a reasonably high standard. You could look at this and, and actually, sight unseen, you could feasibly mistake this for a DreamWorks film. Hmm. Very easily. Um, the problem is that although the animation's there, the story isn't. And it's really lacklustre and uninteresting. And you, you look at it and think, I, I think even young children wouldn't be particularly taken in by this because outside of bright visuals, there really is no excitement or suspense to, to get a hold of. It's trying, hmm. but it's not quite there. <laughs> And you kind of wish the family would break up, so to speak, in terms of the film. But, yeah, it just didn't hold my interest at all. And they they try throwing a couple of very tame gags in there for the parents. But, you know, obviously... I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, it's not really held my interest. In fact, I've been, uh, I've been on Will Smith's um, his Instagram account. There's a picture of uh, him uh, and Ang Lee wearing, like, matching... Uh, like Beekeeper. Bee husbandry things, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's been more entertaining than... Than listening to me talk about this. No disrespect for you talking about yeah. it. Disrespect on the plot. No, no, that's that. fine. Incidentally, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I've been keeping this from you for years. Um, you know when you're looking at your laptop or your phone, you can see in my glasses. The screen reflects on your glasses. Yeah. Damn my um, terrible eyes. So I, give I, me away. I pretty much always know what you're looking at. <laughs> just close that browser down. <laughs> so uh, if you wouldn't mind putting the porn away, sir, um, <laughs> we'll be back after the jump. With the latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on screen radio show. 
really good on a guitar, that theme, doesn't it? Mm. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So I've, I've, I've put the, I've put the pawn away. Oh, you put the pawn away. Oh, that's excellent. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. the courtesy. Thank yeah. you. It's just if I don't get to enjoy it, you don't either. So, no. Yeah. Um, I'm not comfortable enjoying it with. No, no. We don't have to enjoy it together. No. So it's fine. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so, shall we do a quick review of uh, A Fantastic Woman then? Yeah. I've heard good things. I don't know if I've heard fantastic things, but I've heard uh, good things. And it's nominated for uh, Best Foreign Language Film at the Oscars. It is, isn't it? On Sunday. Which nation is this Sunday, from Sunday, Sunday. Now? What country is this actually from for, in terms of the Oscars? Great question. Is it I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Oh, I think it is, yes. I think I believe it is. Yeah. Um, it does I, actually I, tell I, you if I you go to... It's yes, it's Chile. Yes. Uh, spoken languages. I knew the spoken language was Spanish, obviously. But mm. Right, so this is the story of Marina, uh, played by uh, Daniela Vega. Um, Marina is a transsexual woman who's a, a waitress and a, and a singer. She's like a, you know, kind of classically cinematic mm. nightclub singer um she is uh she's in a relationship with the man of her dreams you know a much older man who um she, he's a, he's her entire world he then dies one day and as his funeral then comes uh, ever closer uh she has to deal with his family and what what you're left with then is an atmosphere of prejudice of dismissal they don't want her to attend the funeral they want mm. her out of his flat they want her to be removed from any memory of his life and it's it's the sort of the 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 sort of soulful journey that she takes along the way to basically going through the day and trying to get through all of this um obviously it's in Spanish language so not a clip but uh <clears throat> it's uh <laughs> it's um a very interesting film in terms of its characters it, the characters are, are, are genuinely great but it's one of those cases where the characters are great and the story isn't the story simply isn't there mm. once you get past the initial setup of the conflict the, the you know the, the kind of between character conflict uh, once you get past that setup there's not really anywhere for it to go it's not a film that sets out for resolution it's not a film that sets out for a teachable moment it's not about overcoming prejudice or anything like that it's simply literally a, okay let's just get through this I mean, it's about as fun as actually going through a funeral for, you know, those few days leading up to mm. a funeral. Um, it has exactly that much sort of narrative worth to it. But having said that, it's not necessarily a film about narrative. It is more a film about the character. And the performance Daniela Vega puts in there is genuinely terrific. It is a very, uh, it's a very moving performance. It's a, a, a film at a moment built on, the internalization of all the emotional upset that's coming, that's coming out in her. And I really loved how she played it. I thought it was a really, really great performance. Um, I'm not sure what Sebastian Lelio directed. I did know there was something really good in there and I can't remember. I'm not sure I can have a look. I can't remember what it was. Oh, he's doing Disobedience. Oh, the right. Rachel McAdams, yeah. Rachel McAdams and Rachel Vice. Yeah, he was just like, yeah. give me, uh, the best actress named Rachel. Okay, right, okay. Yeah. So just the good Rachels. How about that? Yeah, okay. like, yeah. Yeah, there are no great Rachels otherwise. I don't know. We're, we're going to really offend someone. We're going to really offend someone. There's someone really obvious, isn't we'll, there? We'll think about it. We'll do our top five Rachels in the podcast. Podcast extras. Okay, we'll totally do that. We'll just type Rachel into INDB and we'll do that. Um, but yeah, he's directing the upcoming uh, Disobedience. But this is a really well shot film. It just doesn't have an awful lot to say narratively. But as I say, that's not strictly speaking a criticism because, you know, it's not a narrative, narratively focused film. It's very much a character piece. So, you know, that's mm. entirely on me. So don't listen to me. If you want characters, go and see it. 
if you want narrative, don't. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I'm going to watch it. I might watch it today because I'm trying to watch uh, everything before the Oscars, mm. and I've nearly done it. Is this is a Curzon release, isn't it? it? This is, yeah. So I feel yeah. like, feel like it, it can be done. It can be done, yeah. It can be done. release, so you can catch it in your local Curzon. So uh, let's see. What have we? Oh, it's over to you now for some news. Well, so. I think let's just go to the top five because then we can have we can have a chat. We can talk about You just want to films. get to number one, don't you? That's you what it is. You know I do. All right. You know I do. All right, fine. You know what? Here. Number five. I, Tanya. Or I, Tanya, as people keep calling it. I, Tanya, as I want to keep calling it. <laughs> like you're from EastEnders. Anyway. <laughs> um, I really liked I, Tanya. I think... Yeah, um, it's great. Margot Robbie's yeah. an absolute tour de force. It's the vehicle she's been waiting for since Wolf of Wall Street, I think. Mm. Um, Alison Janey owns it, obviously. Um, I have a lot of time for Sebastian Stan in there. I wish they'd used more of uh, Bobby Carnavale, though. Um, but other than that, I, I'm fine with that. I, it's a glorified cameo. That's all it that's needs the thing, to be. Though. It seems like a character who would be a bigger part of it. Anyway, neither here nor there. Neither- <laughs> that's just it's- like your opinion, man. Yes, fine. <laughs> Um, it reminded me a lot of To Die For, and I really liked it. I thought it was a mm. very gripping film, and I really liked that. I liked the attitude of it. It had a very robust, very acerbic, mm. very almost nasty at times attitude. Oh, yeah, it's really nasty. Um, and it wasn't afraid to heap on its satirical commentary on on, on the American media, which I thought was just amusing. Um, have we got a, a tweet on the subject? At Sophie Sproul says, I, comma, Tonya, dash, such an incredible film, and one that, I must admit, got me quite riled up. Number four. You know what this is. <laughs> there, there was more of that tweet, by the way, for, for, for yeah. the I, I told you. It's quite quite a big tweet. But I heard something was, like, vibrating. Uh, it sounded out, like an outside. ominous tone, didn't it? Yeah, so it yeah. kind of it, it threw me <laughs> off. So there's, there's more of that tweet. You know, just... Find it and tweet it. Find it. Find it. Yeah. Find yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Go, go, go read it for yourself. Sorry, it's on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Fifty Shades, whatever, whatever Fifty it Shades is. 3. Fifty Shades Threed? Fifty Shades Threed, yeah. Threed, yeah. Um, they definitely missed a trick there. Yeah, they definitely. I think, I think actually, its audience would have very much enjoyed it in 3D, I think. Yeah. But I also feel yeah. like a better filmmaker would have known how to exploit that in 3D. But he did. But, uh, Glenn Glenn Ross. Yes, um, it just seems that he's... And now has stopped caring. Yeah, he's asleep at the wheel picking up his checks now. And boy, does it show. Um, this is the E.L. James show, and it sucks as a result. Um, this series has genuinely gotten progressively worse with each passing installment mm. um, Jamie Dorden simply does not care anymore and is playing this off as a goof and uh, I'm not particularly fond of uh, of what's her name Dakota Johnson in these films because it's a non-character it's Don Johnson's drip. daughter Don Johnson's daughter it's yeah. a drip of a character um, I came away from it thinking well I feel like I should be flogged but only for having watched the film rather than having requested it um, so is there a, a tweet on the matter I'm sure there is I'm sure there is um, <laughs> at uh, Sierra underscore Miller 3 um, I've not seen the first two so I don't know this did you say Sierra like. Miller Sienna Miller Sierra. Sierra, not Sienna. Okay, not sorry. Sienna. Okay, well, so if there were three Sienna Millers in the world, I'd be a very happy man. I'm a big G.I. Joe fan. <laughs> and, so... and, and each one more annoyed at Jude Law than the last. <laughs> um, yeah, she says, uh, if the song Sacrifice from Fifty Shades Reed soundtrack doesn't make you want to feel some type of way, you're lying. Well, well, made cake, me feel some cake. kind of way. I didn't care. Yeah, nauseous. Yeah, that's it. I, you know, bored and uninterested. Number three. Ladybird. You were a big fan of this, weren't you? Well, I've got I've got two eyes and a heart, don't I? 
Two eyes, two ears, and a human soul. Um, yeah. I, really... I felt joy in, in my heart. <laughs> uh, great performances across the board on this one. Can we just take a moment to single out Tracy Letts? Because this guy needs more kudos in life. I'm a big fan of Tracy Letts. Yeah, you know, he's, he's Tony Awards and like people adapting his films. No, no, no. And, I don't mean, I don't mean winning awards. And... Nobody in the real world knows who Tracy Letts that is. That is a good point. I think it's because he seemingly looks different in every film he's in. Do you know what he has? He has that effect that J.K. Simmons had about 10 years ago. You know when J.K. Simmons was amazing things? No yeah. one knew who he was. And then he did a whiplash. Yeah, then he did a whiplash. So yeah. he, he was the yellow M&M. <laughs> exactly. And the really scary guy from Oz. But yeah, Tracy Lass, I suppose, does uh, does look different in different roles. And I, I he think really does, yeah. It's, like, he looks really different from this than he does in the post. It's a physicality thing, isn't it? It's yeah. it's how it's how he actually sort of positions himself. I quite like that. Mm. But uh, also, he's the best thing about Imperium. That uh, Daniel Radcliffe Nazi movie, neo-Nazi movie. Yes, he's he is. so good in that. He's like this Alex Jones type character. He's great mm. in it, and he's just he's written amazing things. He he wrote Killer Joe. He did, didn't he? And he wrote Bug and August uh, Osage County. Which I've still not seen the film. But, yeah. I wasn't really a fan of August Osage yeah. County. You might as well just call it Oscar Grab the movie. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, Oscar Gold or something like that. But uh, but I'm, I've, I have all the time in the world for Killer Joe. I love Killer I Joe. I love Killer it Joe. It affected how yeah. I ate KFC for a long time afterwards. It did put me off for a long time. Yeah, me too. That's me too. Said. But it didn't affect my love of Gina Gershon, though. Anyway, um, so no, Lady Bird, I have all the time in the world for. I think uh, Tracy Letts and Timothy Chalamet are the unappreciated uh, souls of these of this movie once you get past the absolute, you know, owning it performances of Saoirse Ronan and, of course, Laurie Metcalf. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really great film. It has a lot, it has a lot invested in, I think, the culture and the world that its character occupies because it's a very specific time, a very specific place, and it sells you completely on it. And even outside of minor details like the soundtrack or movie posters that you see in the background or things like that. But Saoirse Ronan, she continues to be the ever-present, unappreciated star, doesn't she? But she's 23 and she's got three Oscar nominations. She's doing all right. Oh, she's, she's doing, doing all right. Fine. But, you know, in the three years between each of those nominations, does anybody remember who she is? Yeah, people watching Grand Budapest. <laughs> those people. Yeah. But anyway, Saoirse Ronan is someone who could walk through Tesco and never be recognised. And she probably does until she opens her mouth and she's like, oh, she's very Irish. It's probably that actress. <laughs> it's probably that actress from the Irish thing about Ireland. Yeah. The Irish people. Give me, give me that, that Irish accent for my film, The Irish Girl. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what we got in the tweets? Uh, I don't know. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. <laughs> um, at uh, Nikki Pellegrino. Great, great, great name. That is a good name. Well done. Oh. Uh, went to Did they well done? Like they worked worked hard at it. They might have chipped that might not be their birth name, might not be their chosen name. <laughs> not everyone is blessed with a name like Case. <laughs> fair Ugh. enough, fair enough. Go anyway, on. Miss Pellegrino. Mm-hmm. Or Mrs. I don't know. Uh, it says uh, went to went to go see Ladybird. So refreshing to see a movie that's not a franchise, a sequel, a book adaptation, a biopic, or most of all a Marvel comic. Here's to originality. I take on with because that's not particularly an original statement. I uh-huh. take secondary umbrage because uh-huh. a lot of Marvel adaptations are originally in their own right. Yes, they are, aren't they? Yeah. One wonders how lonely it is up there on Miss Pellegrino's pedestal. Great name. Charlie Opinions. Very much so. Number two. The great, 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 great. Greatest Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this is going to win uh, Best Original Song on Sunday? Because this is Oscar week this week, so... It is. Uh, I think if it doesn't, I'll eat Hugh Jackman's fancy hat. 
than he has in Greatest Showman. Coco nominated for Best Song, for Remember Me. Yeah, songs are actually really good. This is like the strongest it's been in like five years. I need to go through them on the next couple of days ahead of yeah, Oscar. It's, rem- it's Remember too. Me, it's a song from Marshall. Oh, yes. Uh, Sufjan Stevens from Call By Your Name. It's just, it's, yeah. It's a good category it's a good this year, list. but I want... I want this is me greatest and, show and, and, I, and I feel like it will. I feel like I it's, so. it's the favourite. So um, I'm a big fan of the film. I know you've seen it uh, with twice. Haven't you seen it? I've seen once? it once. You seen it once? Oh, with a, a, a well experienced audience at that point. I think yes, who sang yeah. along. To it. Um, it is still doing gangbusters, and it's doing really well. Yeah. Um, as these films are sometimes want to do, it's mm. word of mouth. Yeah, definitely. Good, it's... For, good for it. I'm, I'm more intrigued to see what the director will do because this is the first one we've ever done. Yeah, I think he did like. It was like adverts, but that's been his... <laughs> the commercial circuit. Yeah. And now he's, he's found himself a Jackman. Exactly. And Which an is... Efron, and a Zendaya. Yeah, and... but I, I, I do love that he got this job just because he was Australian, essentially. And they, they... <laughs> Seriously, that's it. Like He, he got, he got uh, an advert that Hugh Jackman was working on, because Hugh Jackman is an Australian man. He is, yes. And the guy hiring the director for because he's also Australian, they probably knew each other. Was it, hang on, was he the guy that did one of those Mont Blanc adverts for Hugh Jackman? Because every time I see oh, those possibly, adverts, yeah. I do want to spend an obscene amount of money on Mont Blanc products. I'm not going to lie. So they that, would, that would explain over Mont Blanc you've got on the desk. That, that really would. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a big fan. Uh, you're a fan. Uh, I take it, we have a tweet from a fan? I'm not, I'm not going to call myself a fan, but I'm going to say it's, it's all right. Okay, fair enough. It's all right. Do we have a fan on Twitter, though? Yeah, um, at uh, Emma Green X mm-hmm. says, seeing at Greater Showman for the eighth time, totally obsessed, crying face emoji. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say so. I never freeze. Number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, 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 the dark cat. Um. Yeah, Tesco. Yeah. I am such a big fan of this film. Yeah, you've seen it twice now. I've three, seen it twice. twice. I took my brother-in-law to see it last week. Oh yeah, and what, what, uh, what did he say? What was his? Uh, uh, well, well, we just opinion. came from a funeral, and uh, I wanted something to do for the afternoon, so I took him to see Black Panther. And uh, my sister was at a cake shop. You see, for the afternoon, this is the family I come from. I'm not even kidding. Cake shop. Oh, it was a Wednesday, so that's when that's the cake shop. That's when the cake shop, shop opens. Was it Wednesday? Thursday. It was a Thursday. Anyway, um, so what's what's what, is that when you go like billiard? Yeah, you do cake shops on a Thursday, yeah. billiards on a Wednesday. Yeah, anyway, um, I took him, and his response was, that was well good. High praise. Yeah, yeah very, very high praise from him. Um, yeah. he, he wasn't aware of the existence of post-credit scenes, though. He didn't know... Oh, did he try to get up? He tried to get up. He didn't know that ever actually happened in a movie, that that it happened in history ever at all. Like, because he not seen it, like, 17 times before. He hadn't seen it, wow. and then he was amazed that it happened twice. So... I mean, that, he had his great. mind blown, and yeah. then he had his mind blown all over again, all over again. like After five being, whole minutes later. He'd put all the pieces back together. And I was and just, then, I was sat there thinking, like, why did you think I made you sit back down again? Like, the first time, yeah. you learn. The second time, never like, mind. What, what had you got planned? And then, oh, who's that bloke then? Oh, that's, insert character, name and description, yeah. Oh, wait, had he not? He, he had no idea. And ah. I was like, oh, well, you, you have to have seen this movie. Oh, okay. So now he's going to have to go back... And I'm like, if you haven't seen that, how do you know where Black Panther comes from? And okay, never yeah. mind, never mind. Um, but, it's a great movie, but but actually, that's that is good that he's not seen any of the other ones and it can hold up. Very true, as a yeah. standalone. Film. I recommended my dad go and see it in Dubai. I told him to take his nephew down the IMAX and, cool. and catch it. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I have the time the time of my life twice in this movie. I think it's terrific. Yeah, I'll be seeing it again as soon as I can get out of my house. <laughs> Could we are snowed in. Yeah. Um, 
It's uh, it, it's such a ride. It's it's something that's it's uncompromising in its adventurous sensibilities. Um, can we take a moment as well to point out because we've never talked about this: the single camera action sequence in the casino, which is beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. There's yeah. there's another movie this week that does something similar, um, but Black Panther obviously does it in a completely different way. There's a lot this this kind of with completely sans edit. Yeah. Pan around action sequence that follows three Third characters. Yeah, 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 exactly. Follows three characters and you know versus something like fifty henchmen in mm. a casino. Sorry, three characters plus Martin Freeman in a casino <laughs> and uh, the wig well, and yeah. the wig. He's yeah. got the best use of a wig you've ever seen in a film. And if a wig could uh, be good in a fight, you never thought so. Triple yeah, um, it is. Uh, it's currently um, it's outpacing the Avengers. Excellent at the box office. So. It, it could even be bigger than the Avengers. Mm-hmm. It is it is now surpassed Wonder Woman in like the comic book film stakes. Um, in its opening four days in America, it had made more than the Justice League had made in its whole domestic run. Good God! It, it took Justice League ninety days to do what Black Panther did in four in America. <laughs> well, you can argue that the uh, the conversion rate in that case comes with quality. So, yeah. Oh, what's that? that? Disney truck? Yep. Yep. Disney, back back up up that money. Come on, man. Back up that money. (laughs) That was Wakandan dollars or whatever. (laughs) Wakanda bucks. That's what it is. (laughs) Wakanda bucks. Uh, uh, Yes, we have a a tweet. um, Go on. At uh, the Kayla Chanel. Uh, I still can't get over Black Panther. I'm obsessed. Everything about the film was beautiful. My heart is full of joy. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. The on-screen radio show, and we're back, Mister Allen. So, um, should we roll the dice and talk about our final film then this week? Dice movie, dice movie. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, there are dice in this movie. There's a lot of dice. Mm-hmm. In fact, over the actual distributor logo for the movie, there are game board pieces. So, the Warner Brothers logo, for instance, is like a game piece, and it falls over the camera. And the New Line logo, same thing. And in the background, there's Monopoly houses mm-hmm. and dice and Game of Life little characters coming down. So, you know, it, it starts off on the on on the sort of tone that it's going to stay with. So, this is a <laughs> really dark comedy from the guys who wrote Horrible Bosses. So, uh, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, whom, and, and I think, do you know him like I do, as more of a, more as an actor, John Francis Daly? Yeah, what else is he? He's in Waiting and Bones. Oh, right, yeah, and yeah. Got his start in a sitcom with Gina Davis, imaginatively entitled Gina. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he was her uh, son or stepson, I forget, I don't remember. Some sure. kind of relation. But, yeah, so they have, uh, they've directed, they've written and directed this, and uh, this is their precursor, I think, to doing the Flash movie that they've not officially signed on for. Oh, um, they've not signed on for it? They've yet. not officially signed on for it. They say they're working on it, but they've not signed anything anyway um so the idea is you've got a couple you've got uh max played by jason bateman and annie played by rachel mcadams they are the most competitive people in the world and one night they meet at a pub quiz and immediately fall in love and they form a sort of competitive union whereby as a couple they are then competitive against other couples and this takes the form of and this is bonkers, this one. An actual weekly game night where every week their friends turn up at their house. You think, yeah, you do it once a month, sure, but not, not weekly. Um, like we You've hang got out. a different definition of the word bonkers to me. No, but we hang out once a month. We, I mean, technically we do hang out once a week as well. But <laughs> I literally saw you like would, seven days ago. <laughs> would you want to socialise with me every week on top of this? I don't want to socialise with anyone on top of anything. Thank you very much. 
Except a pile of money. Anyway, um, right. So one night, um, their game night is uh, is um, joined by Max's. Not uh, not a strange, but f- intentionally distanced brother Brooks, played by Kyle Chandler. By the way, Max and Brooks, do the math on that one. Anyway, clever reference, they're clearly they're nerds. Anyway, um, Brooks is uh, an international entrepreneur. He, he, he's a venture capitalist. He invests in in businesses. He owns pen, part of Panera Bread. We're told he's a rich guy who shows up in you know the fancy sixties muscle car, seventies muscle car, you know. Uh, got the cool house, all that stuff. He insists on throwing his own game night the following week to thank them, and he decides to kick it up a notch beyond the basic board game rules. He hires a company to abduct one of them, and the rest of them have to murder Mystery Night style, solve the case, as it were. Um, <laughs> we have a clip. Come on, Max. Right. And kick it up! Oh, it's easy. Annie, uh, the famous actor that we met at the airport about eight years ago. Who? Only actor we've ever met at an airport who's famous. Bobby Flay? Not an actor. This fellow was in front of us at the Sabaro. We were wondering why he wasn't in the first class lounge. Oh, yes, yes. Who was that? God damn it. Max, there's a whole room of people to help you out here. Use us. Good point. Uh, the, the, he was an Incredible Hulk. Eric, Eric Banner. Other one. Um, Mark Ruffalo? Other one. Lou Ferrigno. Primal Fear. Richard Gere never played the Incredible Hulk. Time. Ned Norton. Oh, oh. shit. Primal fears. Oh, yep, Ed Norton. Everyone forgets he's the Hulk. Anyway, sorry, yeah. you're going to ask me something. Was it? Yeah, um, yeah. Does he, does he actually kidnap them? Right. No, 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 first of all, I can't tell you that because the Hulk. The, the, it's a film that shifts expectations. So the reason it sounds like I've told you or not is because a lot is because I actually haven't. It's one of those films that has that as the premise and then decides to very cleverly keep shifting exactly where its plot is supposed to be in a very mm. in a very thoughtful way that really is just built on suspense. So, I mean, there's a five-minute period in this where you think, hang on, is this actually a comedic take on the game with Michael Douglas and Sean Penn? Mm. Because... That's an interesting idea. And then the other side think, oh, hang on, is this actually as simple as it could be? Or hang on, is this really an action comedy? I can't tell. It's really cleverly put together. It's really sharp. And I mean in in that sense of like the best moments from Horrible Bosses. You know, whenever they have the three guys and they're, and they're actually quite sharp to get like that yeah. stuff. This has got Jason Bateman playing arguably his one of his most unlikable characters this side of uh, the game. Uh, not the game, the gift. Right, yeah. Right. And there's a moment when he's in the fancy house that you think, oh my God, this is like that thriller with Joel Edgerton. The gift. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's fun to be had in his character being as dysfunctional and just rotten at the core as he is. And the relationship he has and the chemistry he has with Rachel McAdams really sells it. Rachel McAdams is great here as well. And this is the kind of vehicle I actually think Rachel McAdams is really suited to. Um, but the, the real success of the film comes in that story and the way it really doesn't want to let you get comfortable with any aspect of, of, of what you, what you know and what you, what cinema has basically taught you to expect in a comedy. And it does keep pulling that rug out from under you. And I really like that. I would argue that it may play that card once too often. And that takes the form really of the last 10 minutes of the film. Because it kind of has just the most brilliant resolution. And then goes on for another 10 minutes with a different resolution instead. So it subverts your expectations, but then, you know, in a delightful way, but then plays it just a bit too much. Um, in terms of the cast, who is it that plays Winston in New Girl? Uh, Lamorne Morris. Yes. 
brilliant in there. Had a lot of fun with him. Um, I owe Billy Magnuson an apology because he's actually pretty good in this. So I told you someone from Birth of the Dragon was getting redeemed this week. It's Billy Magnuson. Uh, Sharon Horgan. Absolute hoot and a holler. I, I recently started rewatching Catastrophe, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I, can, I can't I'm wait. If they, uh, I mean, they want to do a fourth season. Uh, it's this year. Has it been confirmed? It is this year. Yeah, it's confirmed. Um, but uh, it's a genuinely great comedy. It is really sharp. It is really fun, and you must see it immediately. Case the first chance you get, you have to see this. It is so much fun. Uh, so, uh, film of the week. I think uh, I'm going to go for Game Night. Like shockingly enough, yeah. uh, I've I've not seen anything. If you can see it, do see the Nile Hilton incident though. That was that was quite mm. cool. Uh, but game night is just yeah. I'll, I'll be seeing that cool. as uh, again as soon as the snow falls. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's look at what we've got next week. Oh oh oh, we've got your man back next week. Mister Cage is back next week, <laughs> and we've seen this one. We've both seen it. I've seen yeah. it twice. Um, look I, at you. <laughs> well, I watched it with you when I, I went to the the next uh, screening. Um, we've got Mum and Dad next week with Nicholas Cage and Selma Blair mm. because. Because that's the the big on screen pairing we've that's all been crying out for. Uh, Gringo is out next week as well. Oh, David uh, Yellow. Yep. Um, who else is in that with him? I feel like Joel Edgerton. That's Charlie's for on. Thank you. There we are. Uh, Bombshell: The Hedy Lamar Story is next week, which be interesting to me. I know very little about Hedy Lamar. Wonder Wheel. Remember that? Yeah. Is that that, a, is it Todd Haynes. That sort of yeah. uh, fizzled away, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Uh, we've got Plot 35 next right. week. Uh, we've got the wrestling comedy Walk Like a Panther. Not Walk Like a Black Panther. Not Walk Like a Black Panther. But uh, no, he just sticks his arms out real wide and just struts. Yeah. Yeah. With, with the mask off the suit, that's how it works. Um, Sweet Country is next week as well. Uh, we've got The Divine Order and, and I'm pretty sure this could be the, the the most interesting one next week, You Were Never Really Here, which I know you'll be looking forward to. Yeah, it's Joaquin Phoenix hitting people with hammers. And Lynn Ramsey as well, so yeah. there's a lot going for this film. So, yeah, so we've got all those to come and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, this has been Candy Stubbridge of On Screen. I've been back on it. I have been the Nile Hilton Incidents. <laughs> and we'll be back. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Off Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay, Okay, so um, uh, honourable mentions for uh, the top five um, Rachels oh, in yeah, Hollywood. I, I, you jumped the guy, I haven't even looked up, but honourable mentions, go on. I'm, so, I'm, you do the list. I'm, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready. Um, yeah, uh, honourable mentions, uh, Evan Rachel Wood. Uh, does it count? I'll, I'll, I'll say it will. Okay. Because... Yeah, you know, Westworld is so good. It, yeah. it counts for me. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, and she used to go out with uh, Marilyn Manson. That counts. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That qualifies you for you know, elite status. Congrats. <laughs> Next one, uh, Rachel Bloom from uh, Crazy oh, Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. yeah I have a thing for her. Yeah, I think it's a crazy eyes. It's crazy eyes. Real crazy eyes. She has, yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's fantastic. And I love a psycho chick. Yeah. Uh, right, uh, no uh, particular order. Uh, so first one here we are um, uh, Rachel Weiss. favourite uh, Rachel Weiss, um performance what would you say or film my favourite Rachel Weiss performance oh I actually really liked My Cousin Rachel I thought that was something kind of different for her because it was, yeah, it was well, a it was darker good, yeah. character yeah also, it snaps to you for mentioning a film with Rachel in the title. Oh, yeah, I know. Cool. <laughs> well done. That's good. Well, and then she's going to be in a movie with two Rachels in it, so... Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, my God. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. Um, she is great. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the Fountain. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. She's in there. Yeah. Uh, about a Boy. Uh, oh, I love About a Boy. Yeah. yeah. It's such a good movie. It's great. Um, what else? I watched um, a film called Definitely Maybe the other day with uh, Oh, yeah. yeah That's like how I, met, how I Met Your Mother, but as a movie. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, yeah it's yeah. not bad. I think it was Elizabeth Banks before she was, like, really huge. Mm. So It's yeah. pretty good. Uh, Rachel uh, Bilson. Rachel Bilson. Rachel Ooh, Bilson. Oh, I, yeah. I miss Rachel Bilson. As do I. Yeah. Remember when she was in everything? Uh, uh, Hayden Christensen. <laughs> God. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Don't remind us about Rachel Bilson and Hayden Christensen. Go on. No, no more. Uh, yeah, what's, uh, well, VOC, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's probably her, her big thing, I should say. Uh, Rachel oh, Jumper. I remember being Jumper. Jumper, yeah, yeah man. Jumper, yeah. That's where she met Hayden Christensen. Yeah. yeah. Um, this might be a bit of a, a bit of a curveball. Go on. Uh, Rachel Dratch. Rachel Dratch. Oh, from 30 Rock. Yeah. Um, and, and from any Tina Fey thing. Yeah. yeah. Any t- any- from, from Saturday Night Live, yeah. and she is amazing. She is great. She's, she's so She's like fun. one of my favourite SNL I, every time I see every time I see Tina Fey in anything, I would look around for her to turn up, and mm. she's always there in the background somewhere. Yeah, and I like, do think she, she gets, she, she's she's in Kimmy Schmidt. She's yeah. she's in like she, at least like the first few seasons of Fair Rock. She's just in it mm. all the time. I feel like she gets the most poignant uh, sort of moment at the end of Sisters, which is like we start the time. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that. She's amazing. Uh, another uh, kind of curveball, uh, Rachel House. Rachel Hosk. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I do. Vicky oh. Baker. Yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, for, for all the people. She's in Thor Ragnarok, isn't she? Yeah, yeah um, she's the... Uh, Topaz. So, the sidekick, the, the henchman. Yeah, with, like, the big stick. <laughs> yeah, the slaves are revolting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I've, uh, I take it Rachel work, Nichols work, is not... Workers with jobs. Rachel Nichols, Rachel Nichols is not making this list, I take it. Uh, no, because, no. of course, Rachel McAdams. Ah, well, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. She is my queen of the Rachels. I think she's up there, definitely. But yeah, yeah, she's my queen of the Rachels. I'm such a Rachel McCann's fan. I yeah. wanted her to play Sue Storm in a Marvel-made version oh, of Fantastic Four. been incredible. Yeah. Imagine that. It could still happen. It could still happen. Just get me John Hamm, no, Rachel it won't McAdams. No, she's in Doctor Strange. Yeah, crap. We, we, could, we could get the Hambone. Hambone could be Reed Richards still. I think John Hamm as Reed Richards is fantastic casting. I think it's better than him as Batman, which a lot of people seem to think. No, never yeah. Batman. No. Yeah, him besides, we all know it needs to be Gabriel Mark who plays Batman. So Harvey Specter well, needs obviously. to be Batman. That's totally yeah. it. Because but, um, he basically is Batman. That's, yeah. that's what it is. That is it. Um, yeah, that was uh, the top five uh, all-time uh, Rachels. Next week, Amy's. <laughs> <laughs> Amy's. Yeah. That, that's going to be a list that's about as long, if we're honest. Can't believe I Rachel Nichols so, would yeah. make that list. I love Rachel Nichols. Yeah. But, I mean, another of my... Oh, well, next next week, you, you take charge. Another of my G.I. Joe Dames there. But uh, this is my thing. I just, I, 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 fan- I fanatically adore the, the women of G.I. Joe, Rise mm. of Cobra. That's totally what that is. <laughs> okay, so let's have a look what news we've got. We've got no more reviews this week. Um, no, we haven't got big news, because we've not really spoken that much about it. But um, uh, the new Quentin Tarantino film has got a title, and it's definitely got Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, it? what is the uh, title now, is it? The title is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yawn. Yeah, I don't like it. Yawn. It's just boring. Oh, yeah, we get it. You like Sergio Leone. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Fun. But, uh, but I'm yeah. fine with uh, Leo. Leo and in, Brad. In the lead yeah. and, like, they are movies. They, they are, are the stars, aren't they? Yeah, but that's, that's are... crazy to see them together. Yeah. And if if they Good were guy. to get Tom Cruise as well, that would be kind of a. That really would to... be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Can I chill on in? Um, yeah. Sonya rebooting Men in Black. It's going to be set yep. in London. Chris Hemsworth's going to star in. Oh, it's going to be set in London. I didn't hear about. It's that. going to be set in London. Oh, and here's the thing as well. It's is it, not. Is it F. Gary, um, uh, F. Gary Gary? That's uh, F. Gary Gray. F. Gary Gary. Is directing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
This is where I got really fascinated as well. It's going to continue in the same world as the last three movies. So it's a reboot quill as opposed to a full reboot. Those movies will still happen. This is like a Jurassic World type sequel where it's just going to be a couple of years later and new characters are just going to enter the world, as it were. I Um, I do not blame them for doing this given how much money Jumanji has made. Well, it's not even that. This was an obvious one for years because Men in Black has such obvious franchise potential mm. it's just bizarre to me they never seemed to make a good sequel out of it i mean the second one is a is an abysmal retread of the first one the third second one, is, one I, I quite third one's austin powers too yeah, um, I, I don't i don't mind it i think jermaine clement is a good villain i think the idea to put emma thompson to be the head hmm. of the organization was really good i like the twist with his yeah, dad was more out of necessity than anything else <laughs> it was gonna be alec baldwin and then he dropped out like the no i mean yeah. ripped on what well, i mean had to, had to replace ripped on but well, uh, yeah but but because it goes back in time alec baldwin would have been great as well but i loved emma thompson yeah did. um but no i just want to really i want a good franchise out of men in black because i feel like it's it's something it always deserved it the first mm. movie's great and I, I, you know, I, my only, th- my biggest complaint about the first movie is I wish there was more of it because it was a ninety. I have a whole film about Vincent Enoffia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it was surprisingly that was only a ninety-minute film. Yeah. And I remember at the time, Barry Sonnenfeld had to defend that it was only ninety minutes. Really? Yeah. Um, it's great, but it's bad short. It's- yeah. But and I, I'd say I wish there'd been another half hour or another twenty minutes, but uh, you know, not. Uh, so Chris Hemsworth's going to be the lead. Apparently, he will star alongside a woman of color and an older man. They are going to be the core characters. Okay. So Janelle Monet, step on up. Uh, Tiffany Haddish, yes. step on up. <laughs> I believe one of you ladies is due a gig here. Because it's clearly going to be. I'm sure it's going to be someone like Tiffany Haddish. I think it's. I think they're going to go for. They're going to play the sort of the Will Smith type archetype, but they're going to make it female. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. So I think we're going to get a wisecracking black woman become the the sort of central figure. It would just be interesting to see what Chris Hemsworth's character is. Like. I think he'll go deadpan. I think Chris Hemsworth as Deadpan could be quite interesting. Yeah, but uh, he's been really funny in a bunch of films. Now, it, so. He knows his. He, we've proven now he knows comedy. I mean, between Vacation and this, that Crocodile Dundee thing, the, he he's proven. Or oh, Ghostbusters as well. You know, he's a funny guy. Ugh, why is it going to be set in London though? <laughs> <laughs> To keep it away from any of the characters and events of the other three movies. But it'll just make me think of The Mummy. (laughs) Yeah, but let's be honest, though. We all know this is going to wind up with the London Eye being some kind of alien artifact slash death ray. Mm. Clearly where that's ending, isn't it? Definitely. So um, when uh, um, is Jeff Bridges going to be announced? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, It's got a release date as well. I believe it's June 2019. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So they're going to have to announce the rest of that casting pretty quickly. Like tomorrow. Yeah, because that's going to have to start filming this summer, presumably. Yeah. At, at the latest, it's this summer. So, and what else have we got then? Um, uh, Anton uh, Anton Fuqua. Anton Fuqua? Yeah. Oh, Fuqua films. Fuqua films. I love Fuqua yeah. films, man. Uh, They're my favourite kind of films. They are. Fuqua flick. <laughs> uh, he was uh, going to direct uh, the Scarface remake, and then he wasn't. Yeah, no, he was not. And then he... And now he maybe will be, perhaps. Hmm. hmm. He's in talks to direct it again. So they we'll really just want this movie very badly, don't they? Yeah. Is it still going to be... Diego Luna. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I feel like Diego Luna do a pretty good job. Diego Luna, I, I quite liked after, uh, was it Rogue One? Yes. Like, I feel like the character was a bit blank, but actually as time has gone by, I've, yeah, I've kind of been more I, sold I like on him. that character. I think it works. Yeah. I could see it, definitely. I mean, it was the most amusing thing about that awful Flatliners remake. But, <laughs> well, his weird hair. His weird haircut. Yeah. Why does he have that haircut? A, You're a medical a professional. Hipster doctor. <laughs> he is a bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Paramount officially set a release date 
for the live-action reboot sequel of <laughs> Dora the Explorer. Yes. Which is to Get be in. produced by Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. So, yeah. Dora the Explorer will be uh, 22. She, uh... Becky G. Becky, Becky G in spandex. That's totally what's going to happen. <laughs> That's absolutely how this is going. What else we got? Oh, uh, apparently uh, the Disney merger will not affect Fox's plans for the X-Men. You know those 19 movies they've announced? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause like the Doctor Doom film. <laughs> Kitty the Pride Kitty Pride film. Oh, Captain Marvel's got a new cast member. Yes, this, he does, yeah. This is a, a random one as well. Gemma Chan? Yeah, Gemma Chan. Did you watch Humans? No, I've heard it's really good. The Channel 4 one. Actually, I I kind of let the side down. I watched it and then forgot to watch the finale of the first series. And then the second series happened. So I'm a bit screwed now. (laughs) I think it's been enough time, too, that I've forgotten everything that happened. You'll have to go back and watch it. But Gemma Chan, actually, really great in that series. What I've seen of it. Yeah, apparently she's going to be um, the main antagonist. Yeah, she's an alien scientist. She's a Cree scientist, isn't she? Yeah, which is pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, uh, James Gunn has revealed something about Groot. He's, uh, oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm only really reading about this now. I, I saw it announced a couple of days ago. I'm only mm. really catching up. So what is it? Something that it's not just Groot reincarnated. Right. It's right. Groot's son and the original Groot is yeah, dead. Baby yeah. Groot, as we've seen him in Guardians 2, right? That's not the same person or soul, as it were, as the one from the first movie who died and sacrificed himself. Oh, God. Even though Baby Groot comes from a, sap- a remaining sapling of that original Groot, it's basically his offspring. So Baby son Groot, Groot is son of Groot, and yeah. Groot died. And the thing is that it's been so long now, it's been four years since audiences you know, first met and fell in love with Groot, that they just assumed that Groot became cute and became Baby Groot. Little, yeah. Now they've been told the character they loved... Died. died. He died. So you got to mourn that. And by the way, this is a new cute character that you like. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so think, okay, fair enough. But you'd imagine they won't do it again. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, Teenage yeah. Group's coming with Infinity War, isn't he? But uh, Yeah, it's going to be Teenage Group. Is it Teenage or it's like Adolescent Group? Adolescent Group, I think, adolescent isn't group. it? Yeah. And but, then we'll uh, have a full-size group again, I guess. I presume for Guardians 3, he'll be an adult again, yeah. Yeah, but, which is kind of uh, cool. So, uh, you know that Robin Hood movie that Taron Egerton's doing? I can't even remember what it's called anymore. Was it Robin Hood Origins? I think so. Is that the one with Jamie Foxx? With Jamie Foxx? That's Freytuck. Tim Minchin as... Oh, no, 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 sorry. Tim Minchin as Freitag, uh Jim Fox as Little John. Little John, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, ben, Mendelsohn? ben Mendelsohn as Chef in Nottingham, which... That's a good... That's good. That's a reason to spot, see it right spot. there, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, apparently that's been pushed back again. So, a matter of months. So... But it must what? be finished. It's got to be finished. It's got to be, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, oh, by the way, there's an article this week doing the rounds. You know, one of those usual fan baits website articles comes from some no-name site that just conveniently happens to run a lot of very positive DC content. Mm. And it's this, oh, report from test screening says Aquaman's fantastic. You're like, wow. Might be. Yeah. Let's be uh, be optimistic. You know the only problem with that is I'm pretty sure it's the same article that another website published about Suicide Squad that another website published about Batman Superman that another website published about uh, uh, what else are these Justice League mm. um, you know these, these they always make up things about the plot like I, I remember reading one of these that said oh my god I came from a test screening last night at Batman v Superman and this got majorly retweeted majorly reposted as well like publicised came from a screening of Batman v Superman and oh my god Green Lanterns in it and there's these drones and the entire Justice League teams <laughs> up at the end you're like oh shut up <laughs> Shut up. Just cretin. Go away. Yeah. Uh, Weinsteins are officially going bankrupt. So the Weinstein company is, oh, cool. is to... Uh, it's done. It's done. Done, though. That's good. 
So yeah, bye bye TWC. Yeah, and wasn't there some uh, claims against Bob as well? I heard. I don't know. I've not heard that. I think it was a, it was a while ago, but huh? Yeah, um, and there were reports that Harvey was up to no good in like the seventies. It goes back to. Well, didn't he say that? I'm sure he said that yeah. he was. He it, said it, he was, it was okay, like the sixties and seventies. Yeah, I'm sure he claimed he was a product of the sixties. So the idea that he was doing it in the seventies is not that far. Yeah, it's just like, well, of course you. Are. But uh, oh, oh, oh! Here's here's a bit of casting I really, really like. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, so Trevor Noah's uh, autobiography, his memoir, his biography. What's it called? Born a crime. Born a crime. That's yeah. it. So they're making that into a movie. I didn't know this. Mm. Uh, they're making his life story into a movie, which is. Kind of Terrific. Cool. That's, yeah. that's great. Good for him. He's a very clever man. I've not read the book. I would imagine it actually must be something because his story is quite interesting. Yeah, I'd like to read the book. There's a stand-up special on Netflix that he did last year yes. as well, which is good, I've heard. I, I, I saw that. It was really good, yeah. Mm. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, though, has been cast as his mum. Yeah, and she's also uh, going to be a producer on the film. Yes, she is. And I, I think no, Trevor Noah himself is as well. He's producing that as well. Yeah. I wonder if this means there's going to be... He should just direct that, shouldn't he? Like, pull a John Stewart, go away oh, for maybe, a moment, yeah. film it. Learn how to direct, yeah. Yeah, you could totally do, could that. do that. Yeah. yeah. So, let's see what else, what else we've quite got on here. So, ooh, we've got something on Dungeons and Dragons, haven't we? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't care. John well, Dungeons and Dragons. I know. It's like they really want a film series. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's never going to be better than one with. Wayans. It's at Marlon Wayans, Justin Whalen, and Jeremy, Jeremy I. And Thora Birch. Yeah. Thora Birch was I mean, in movie. why why try? Why try to beat that? Oh god. That's Man. as good as it's gonna get. Remember when Thora Birch was an emerging talent? I remember mm. those days. Those were those, those were simpler times. Happy times. Happy times. But yeah, so apparently they're trying to remake it again. At one point it was the guy that made uh, goosebumps. It was uh, Rob Lederman. Mm. Now apparently it's Chris McKay uh, who directed Lego Batman. Oh, we've we've got a cast for the new Goosebumps. Have we now? Yeah, I'm not sure who who it is. I think it might be one of the kids that's in. <laughs> yeah, fantastic news story. <laughs> um, uh, There's a thing happening. We don't know anything about it, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's supposed to happen. It's three assorted kids. One of them, I think, is one of the ones from it. Oh, and there's two scripts. One script has got Jack Black, another script has not got Jack Black. Because apparently Jack Black is too expensive. That film made decent bank. Just get Jack Black back. Yeah, that, was, that was difficult. Get him back. That's it. That's Jack a, Black back. Jack Black back. Jack Black back. Was it Blue Blazer Black? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's kind of it for me in news this week. Then I'm so, done. As, I mean, you done as well. My MacBook is down. That's it. Fair enough. Then. I'm gonna grab a coffee. On which case, for your personal amusement, Mister mm. Allen, here it is: your moment of cage. I wanted Cinnabar. Cinnabar!